Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps, or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. Hello, it's Felicia Gopal here from the Career 100 podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us and welcome you to today's podcast. Today we're going to continue exploring one of the careers that's listed as one of the top 100 careers, social worker, from a different perspective. After 30 years in human services, our next guest conducts training for social workers, mental health professionals, and foster parents. So if you're considering social work as a profession, you'll want to tune in and listen very closely because you'll receive some invaluable information into the social work career. My special guest is Amandra McClendon, and she's got an interesting perspective on the whole thing because the way that she describes herself is even though Amandra's life is exciting, fulfilling, and in harmony, it wasn't always that way. For two decades, she lived each day paralyzed with fear, trapped in the world of drug addiction, domestic violence, molestation, homicide, and poverty. As a victim of her circumstances, she existed in the world of uncertainty. When Amandra learned that the future wasn't determined by circumstances but by choices, she shifted her attitude and made herself the most important person in her life and moved from victim to victory. And this podcast series is really about that whole concept of taking control of your life and learning something more about a profession that you're interested in and moving towards your goal of a college degree. So I want to set this whole thing up by asking you a question, Amandra. Yes. And the question is, I realized as I prepared myself for this particular podcast that my vision of what a social worker does has been shaped by television and newspaper accounts of when the social work system failed. I also found, as I started to think about this, that my vision of your career field is of overworked professionals with large caseloads who care very passionately about their work but don't get the support they need. Amandra, would you say that that's an accurate picture of the world of social work? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for inviting me on today, Felicia. And just to look at the field of social work, one gets the picture of what we see in the news and what we hear on the radio. And some aspects of that are accurate in that many social workers working inside of certain systems do have large caseloads. They do feel overwhelmed. At times, they don't have the resources that they need to be effective in the field that they're working in. But there are other aspects of social work where social workers are very effective. They don't have caseloads that are overwhelming, and they do have the resources that they need to adequately perform their jobs. So in some aspects, yes, that is very accurate, but that's not the total picture of social work. 
So one of the things that happened when you and I were preparing for this interview is you talked about yourself as a social worker. So could you tell me a little bit about how you made the transition from all the things that you talked about in terms of drug addiction, domestic violence, molestation, homicide, and poverty to successful social worker? That seems like a jump or a stretch, or that may seem like a jump or a stretch for some people. Well, I grew up in an environment that was impoverished. And what was happening in that environment in the time of growing up, there were instances of domestic violence and then my own drug addiction and then the brutal killing of my best friend when I was in my 20s. And there came a point in my own personal life where I looked and had to make a decision was I going to be a statistic and succumb to the circumstances that I grew up in, or was I going to actually look at the goals that I had as a little bitty girl wanting to have a college degree, wanting to make an impact in the world, and move in that direction? And so I chose to go back to college in my 30s and work to get my degree. And one of the degrees that I chose to get was the Master of Social Work degree. And so there did come a point where I had to take total responsibility for my life, forgive anything that I might have thought someone had done to me, and then to move forward. It was at that point that I really got a clear message that your circumstances do not have to dictate your future. You taking responsibility for your life, wherever it is, when you realize you want to do something else, and then moving forward from that place. So is it because of your background and circumstances that you chose social work and to pursue a degree as a master's in social work? I would say, yeah, that is accurate. Originally, I wanted to teach. But when I came through all of the circumstances in my particular life that I came through, I realized that I could have a bigger effect, a more major impact in individuals' lives if I worked inside of the field of social work as opposed to being a classroom teacher in a school system. So I know that you are no longer working in a traditional system as a social worker, but could you tell us a little bit more about while you were working in the job description of social worker? Certainly. When I graduated from San Francisco State University with my master's degree in social work, I went to work in a community organization and that community organization had a grant to place social workers inside of the school system. So I actually worked inside of junior high schools in the East Oakland area. And at one school, I was the only social worker for 1,500 students. And what I began to experience and what I began to see was that many of the students that I was being involved with on the school level were also involved in the child welfare system. And it was very difficult for me to understand that whole system because the system was closed. 
covered inside of laws of confidentiality. And so there wasn't enough information coming back to me as the school social worker from the system that these children or these students were being involved with, which didn't allow me to support them in school. So an opportunity came to me where I was able to go and work inside of the system. And so I left working for the community-based organization, which had me in the school system, to working directly inside of the child welfare system. And I worked inside of that system for 10 years. While working inside of that system, I began to understand how the larger society interacted with that system in that the system might have individual children inside of it because the children weren't being adequately cared for in the home. But there was no bridge from that child to go from the system back into their home or back into that community, say, with a relative, that was fairly easy. And so after 10 years of looking and struggling and trying to meet the needs of families who had lost children to the system, getting those children back into the homes, I made a major decision that I no longer wanted to work inside of that system because I didn't feel like I was being effective. And so I made the decision to take an early retirement and leave the system and come outside and work inside of society, supporting those families and those teens or those children in their homes to keep them in the home as opposed to them going in the system. But one great thing that occurred for me was those 10 years of working in the system, I got really clear on how the system works and what goes on in the system so that when I made the leap from the system back into the community, I had the resources and the understanding and the knowledge on how to support those families in the community when they did hit that system because I had been in the system and I knew the inner workings of it. But the main reason that had me leave the system was because I had started to feel ineffective as a social worker. And that's why I took the early retirement and decided to come outside into society and work with families on a different level. So it sounds like really almost a big circle because you started in the community and because you were finding that it was hard to be effective in your job in the school system, then you decided to learn something about the system that you were interacting, which was child welfare, because a lot of the students that you were working with, you were not able to serve very effectively by not having the knowledge of what was going on, if you will, on the other side of the system in the child services. You worked in that system for 10 years until you found that it was hard to be effective or you felt like you were having a difficult time being effective in that system. And so then you took what your knowledge and success and understanding of the resources in that system back into the community. And so it's really kind of full circle. Exactly. It is. In in my particular case, it has been a full circle. And so now that you are working in the community again inside of your business, which is Adisa Enterprises, 
how is it that you are able to serve the populations that you serve with the knowledge and resources that you've gained from working inside of child welfare to bring that to light? It's very exciting for me because what I have been able to do is to take all of the knowledge and all of the skills, like you just mentioned, from my past experiences as a social worker in the school system and in child welfare and make them applicable out in the field. And the way I've been able to do that is that I actually go in and I work with community agencies by running groups for teenagers, by running workshops for teenagers, many of them who are connected to the system, many of them who are still at home, but to provide services for those young people in workshops that are experiential, transformational, meaning that the young people actually get an opportunity to begin to address the issues and problems that are impacting them and that are impacting their behaviors, which are keeping them from being successful. So that's one way of working directly with young people through community-based organizations or through government, even governmental agencies, because I have also gone in and worked with foster children as a consultant, also taking my knowledge of how families in crises need interventions, and so I've been able to work also with families, some families independent of the system, some families that are inside of the system, also working with parents, some who are connected with the system, many who are not connected with the system, and also by training social workers who are still working inside of the system to give them extra input, extra knowledge on services that are outside of the system that they can access and utilize. Because as a social worker inside of the system, many times you don't know what's available for your clients in the community because you're not out in the community. But by me being out in the community and bringing training to social workers, I am able at times to provide them with information that they may not have for about the for their clients, even for themselves, on how to take care of themselves while they're in the system. And then Adisa Enterprises has also created a whole new program for young people that help them when they hit the age of 18 to begin to start utilizing the skills and knowledge bases they have maybe to go into their own businesses or to go into non-traditional types of work. So that's one of the areas, one of the ways I've been able to take the skills that I gathered in the social work field, in the system and the school system, and then bring it back out into the community and be successful. So you talked about your knowledge and skills gained while working within the social work system. In this particular case, we were talking about the child welfare system. And you're talking about bringing that out into the community, into these different enterprises that you're doing inside of Adisa Enterprises. So let me ask you, what types of skills have you developed that allow you to then take that knowledge base and move it into these other new avenues? Okay, good question. One of them is the skill of observation. 
and assessment. Working inside of the system, you get real clear and you really hone your skills on how to sit with the client and gather information from them and then to really assess and come up with a plan on what's going on in their life and how to support them. Those powers of observation are developed because you have a caseload and you are expected to write a case plan, and that case plan has to fit inside of certain parameters. So that skill becomes very, very keen for you. I am able to use that skill of observation and assessment and evaluation in my business at Adisa Enterprises because I can go into an agency who is working with the team and I can look and know exactly what that agency is working with that team on the same assessment tools, the same evaluation tools, and then I can offer that agency and that team another level, the next level up of services that that team will need because I already know from being in the system how that community-based organization has assessed them and what they're offering them. And now I know, okay, they're offering them this service and this team needs this next level of service. Also, in working with families, there's a dynamic that goes on with families when they have either are in the system or they're coming out of the system. And so because I know the dynamics and the impact that that system has had on the family. When I'm working with the family out in the community, I'm able to help them begin to design the type of environment in their home that's going to benefit them. A lot of healing has to go on. Parents have a lot of guilt about maybe losing their child. Children have a lot of anger about being separated from their parent. Now, the anger could be at the parent. The anger could be towards the system itself. But when I sit with that family and they're no longer in the system, I can begin to help them use the knowledge and the skills that they do have to begin to put their home life back together again because I know what happened to them in the system or I know what didn't happen when they were in the system. So it's great, the experience of having accumulated the knowledge from those different systems because now I have a bigger perspective. It's almost like I have a whole picture when I sit down with the team and when I begin to access what's going on with them, evaluate and create preventative programs for them. So this series typically doesn't talk with people like yourselves who are in the community who have gone beyond a particular profession. Most of the people that I have been interviewing for this Career 100 podcast series are people who are practitioners who are currently working in the field. One of the reasons why I wanted to interview you is because oftentimes in social work we hear of people getting burnout. And I knew that from talking with you that you were not somebody who was burnt out from the profession, but you were just looking to leverage your skills and knowledge and use those tools outside in a more impactful way. So I heard you say a number of things. You were talking about one of the skills that you developed as a social worker was the skill of observation, which allowed you to make effective assessments of situations that you're dealing with so that you can offer up an evaluation and deliver the next level of service. 
And so that's something, those skills are not just skills that are important to somebody who is working in the social work field, but I think that those are skills that would be essential and effective for really any student who was pursuing and looking to develop themselves as an individual. Would you agree with that? Most certainly, most certainly. When I do have lectures for young adults who are in college, one of the things that I am very, very adamant about is that just because you get a degree in whatever field you get that degree in and you secure employment does not mean you have to stay there for 20, 30 years if, in your own personal development, you have found that you have grown, that you want to do something in a different aspect, you can take the skills that you have, you can take that degree, and you can go into a different area if you keep your mind open. But one of the things that we're not taught how to do is to keep our mind open and broad enough so that we can step out of that traditional job we have into a different area. In social work, many times social workers who work in children's services stay in children's services. They don't go over, say, into gerontology, and they don't go over into medical. They don't go into forensic. They don't go into governmental agencies because they feel like their skill set is here, they have to stay here. So any student, be you a lawyer, be you a social worker, be you a counselor, you can move into different aspects of your profession and take those skills with you. That is one of the ways you keep from being burnt out in that particular area. If had I stayed where I was, in children's services, I would have gotten to a place of burnout because I could not have kept doing that level of intense intervention indefinitely. And that's what unfortunately happened to a lot of social workers who remain in the same position, carrying the same level of stress for 20 years. You know, it's interesting that you should say that because, as you know, I work as a financial planner. And even as a financial planner, one of the things that has developed for me is, of course, this college planning specialty. And so that was part of being able to stay in the industry that I have built the knowledge and the skill set for, but really kind of take on some new roles and learn some new tools so that I can stay engaged in the industry. You can only tell people so many times that you want them to do X before that becomes stale for you. I mean, it's all new for them, but it gets a little stale for you as the person who is delivering what sometimes seems like the same message over and over and over. So I can see how important it is and how valuable it is that you've really been able to take the skills that you've developed as a social worker and move them in a new and different career that lights you up. And so that's one of the reasons why I invited you to be here today is because I wanted somebody who was even considering coming into the industry to let them know that this doesn't have to be your end. 
It doesn't have to exactly. be 20 years and then you retire or burn out or whatever that is for you. But it could be, okay, I'm going to learn something for a period of time and then take the skills that I've developed during that time frame and then move them into a new and exciting profession for yourself. Exactly. We live in a time that's very exciting, actually, because the field of social work is being called upon by so many non-traditional, I'd say, areas. Social workers are being accessed in business now, where at one time they weren't. They were always looked at as being in the helping field. Social workers are being called now to go in and work more heavily in the government, particularly around with veterans, because more veterans are coming home and more services are needed, and the services that are needed are those of social workers. You also have a large population, the baby boomers, who are now moving into a whole new area of life, and they don't know how to maneuver or manage themselves in that whole arena because they're not their parents retirees. They're retiring, but they still have 20 and 30 more years of active life. So what do you do now? So social workers are being called to come and to work with that whole population also. So it's very exciting right now. It's a very exciting time. And for someone who has the skills of social work, who are entering into the field new, they know that they can enter in and, like you said, they can work here for so many years and then they can take those skills and they can work somewhere else. They can be working in a particular field and still create a consultant position on the side. It takes personal courage to be able to step outside of the traditional role. But once you step outside and you realize how exciting that is and how fulfilling that is, you get more courage. So that first step, you have some courage, and then you build more courage with each step that you take afterwards, and you find yourself in a place of being very personally satisfied with the work that you're doing in the world and the benefit that you're bringing to individuals in the world. Okay. You described what you were doing when you were describing being in the community, working with a family in particular. You talked about it being very dynamic so that it changes from situation to situation and you're able to have an impact on just not only the family but also the community and perhaps help with the healing, dealing with the anger, dealing with the guilt that the family has, and helping them really put together their lives. Is that one of the reasons why you described yourself in other conversations as a social worker as opposed to I might have referred to you as a former social worker? Oh, most definite. I am a social worker. I will always be a social worker no matter where I am working because what I do is help individuals create environments that are conducive to healthy living. I also do that with agencies, if I'm working with an agency, with businesses. So I am always practicing social work in whatever area I'm in. And the way that you describe social work is a social worker is somebody who is helping people design their lives, or would you correct me on that? 
Social workers help individuals create environments that are conducive to healthy living. Let's look at it from this perspective. As a social worker, I work on a larger scale. I work with individuals and their environment. Now, as a clinical social worker, someone who has a license to work directly with individuals around just their personal internal workings, then I may sit and I may work a one-on-one -on -one with the client, helping them with their internal workings and then helping them take their personal stuff and put it inside of their larger environment. Could you give me a for instance, because I'm not real clear on what it means when you say on their insides. Sure. If I'm a clinical social worker, you may come to me and you may say, Amandra, I'm having difficulty dealing in my marriage. My family is falling apart. I am going to sit with you and I'm going to work with you one-on-one -on -one as an individual to look at what is inside of you, what are your thinking, what's internally going on with you that's having you have these problems inside of your marriage. So I'm going to work with you on that level of personal psychology. And because I am a social worker, I'm also going to help you to take whatever growth and development you make as an individual, how you take that back into your bigger family. And then I'm going to look at your whole family and say, okay, you're working on your individual areas, say, of anger towards your past as a child. And then I can look at your family and say, well, you know, you may want to also help your children to begin to deal with what's going on. So clinically, I may be working with you as an individual, and I will build your insurance company to get payment because I'm going to be acting as a clinician for you individually. And then as a social worker, I can also help you design your whole life in your family to accept you now that you're going to be growing and developing into a more healthy individual. Now, if I'm not a clinical social worker, I'm not going to work with you on your individual problems. I'm only going to work with you inside of your whole family. I wouldn't be working with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I would be working with just the environment. Is that clear? Yes. So social workers can work on just the environment, or they could also work with you at the individual level and then also take whatever you've learned at the individual level and bring that back into the environment. Exactly. And when they're working on the level as a clinician, they've gone on and they've gotten additional training. In California, they're actually been licensed by the Board of Behavioral Sciences meaning they've gotten, I believe it's 3,200 additional hours of supervised work working at, with individual clients and 104 weeks of supervision working on an individual basis. So that's the next level when you actually are licensed. All right. So let me just kind of bring it all back. You're a social worker. You've talked about how you've been able to take your knowledge as a social worker and develop a new business out of that, Adisa Enterprises. And what I'd like to just know 
Is there any additional information that you'd like to share with us about either Adisa Enterprises or about yourself that I haven't asked about? Sure. I also have a company called Amadraw Inc. or Amadraw.com on the web. And what that company does, it actually allows me to write. So I actually have taken my experiences and I've begun to start doing writing articles for parents on how to work with teens, writing articles for programs that work with teens and how to work with the teens in the 21st century. Also, I've taken my experience with women and addiction, and I've written about how women can work with addictions and begin to go into recovery. So I have taken all of my experiences from the background, and I've turned them into a whole area of where now I am an author, a published author, and I write. I also help individuals in all those areas who may want to run a group. I've run groups for women. One of the areas of my company, Women in Transition, is a whole program dedicated to women in helping women transition from wherever they are to wherever they may want to go. So that's another area in my whole social work field that I have managed to develop as an individual social worker working independently. So right now there's two companies that I run, Adisa Enterprises and Amandra Inc. And both of those companies are based on the experience that I have gathered over the last 30 years that I have been working in the whole area of social work. It's exciting because every day it gets to grow. I get to look at new areas. I get to go and get training in other areas. I recently went out and got trained as a gerontology care management because I know as the future grows that I will have more individuals coming to me that are going to be dealing with their parents who are aging and needing to know what the resources is to help them or individuals coming to me who have reached an age in their life where they still want to be independent, but they need some extra care. So I went out and I actually got additional training to add to the skills that I already have. So in the whole field of social work, it's always growing. You always have the opportunity to grow, to add more skills, to go in different directions. And me personally, I'm doing that through the two companies that I own. All right. So if somebody was interested in getting in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Amandraw? They could go to adisaenterprises.com and contact me through that website. They can go through Amandraw, which is A-H-M-O-N-D-R-A.com, and contact me. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you say that over and then finish, but could you also spell out Adisa, please? Certainly. A-D-I-S-A, Enterprises, E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S.com. You could go on either one of those websites and see the work that we do and also contact me directly through either one of those sites. Well, as I was telling my guests as they were starting to listen to this podcast, this is very different from what I normally do in the Career 100 
podcast series. But I think that it was very instructive to students because it really kind of goes along with my basic message, which is you have more power in your life the more information that you know. So if you were looking at pursuing your education and going into the social work field, listening to this interview today with Amandra will be very helpful in letting you know that social work field is very much expansive beyond perhaps even my knowledge as I was studying for this industry. There's lots of different fields that you can go. There's lots of different ways that you can utilize your background and that it doesn't have to end with a traditional job in a agency. You could really take the knowledge and the skills that you develop in that particular field and then take them into the world. I believe that that's true not just for social work, but really for just about every job that's out there. You can take that knowledge and expand it. But I think that you won't find a better advocate for doing that and a demonstration of somebody who was doing that very successfully than Amandra McClendon. Amandra, I want to thank you very much for participating in our podcast series. And You're um, very welcome. All right. So to learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, College Funding Resource. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our podcasts. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen for free with guests like Amandra who have valuable information to share. Amandra, again, I'd like to thank you for joining me today and telling us a little bit more about how you have expanded the definition of social worker. I thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been very exciting for me to share my experiences, and I encourage anyone who's looking at going into the field of social work to please get in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to share whatever knowledge that I have with you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.